0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The Blackhawks will need to rise to the challenge of losing their rookie star, Connor Bedard. After a recent jaw fracture, he's expected to be out for six to eight weeks. Meanwhile, after the Bears lost to their rival, the Green Bay Packers, over the weekend, there's a shakeup in the coaching staff. Will we see quarterback Justin Fields go too? Plus, we'll get into the Bulls celebrating past players and the Cubs' first major signing of the winter. On the line with us, of course, is WBEZ sports contributor Cheryl Ray Stout. Welcome back, Cheryl. Thank you, Sasha. So I mentioned that loss for the Bears, Cheryl. So I happened, rare moment on Sunday where I happened to catch that game. And I'm sorry. <laughs> don't apologize. Uh, but it was, it was quite sad in the end. I now hear, though, that big changes are already underway for the team. So talk to us. Who's getting fired?
1: Well, they've already fired the offensive coordinator, Luke Getze, and they also fired five offensive assistants. So, you know, it, it, it was a situation where the offense really struggled throughout, you know, the two years that Getze has been there calling the plays. Mm. So
0: they cleaned out the entire offensive coaching staff, essentially? They, they
1: kept a couple. They kept the the line coach and they kept the tight ends coach. Those those are two areas that did well. The offensive line improved and the tight ends are with uh, Cole Comet having a good year. You know, so they kept those two.
0: Did you see that coming?
1: Yes. Yeah. There was no doubt uh, that that was a direction they were going, especially when you look at that game against Green Bay, yeah. when you score zero touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, this was a game when in the week before you had such a great game against Atlanta. So this was going in that direction. And and there's no and the fact is is that their offense ranks in the bottom Wrong in almost every offensive category except for the running game.
0: Mm. Yeah, offense was clearly an issue here. You talked about you know the last couple of years under under Luke, but I mean, is that a new thing for the Bears for for the offense to be such a uh, a target?
1: No, <laughs> it's been a good historical issue with them, except when they had people like Walter Payton and you know Neil Armstrong, Neil Anderson, and players like that. They've had some positive players. I will have to say that this year they also had a positive receiver in D.J. Moore. He had over 1,000 yards, so that was positive. But overall, when you look at the Bears' offensive schemes the last several years, even under Matt Nagy, who was supposed to be this offensive genius, it didn't work. It hasn't worked.
0: Mm. Well, when it comes to finding a new offensive coordinator, here's what head coach Matt Eberfluss says that they're looking for.
1: Obviously, you want to have somebody that's a great teacher. You know, uh, I think that's important because, you know, he has to coach the coaches to coach the position. I think that's the number one trait of any great coach.
0: So what do you think? What options do the Bears have right now for a new offensive coordinator?
1: I I want to bring up this one thing. It will not be a decision just by Matt Eberfuss. The GM, Ryan Pulse, will be part of that decision process, and that's important to know that. It's going to be interesting who they talk to. They already have made contact with Seattle's offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, because their head coach um, has been, put, Pete Carroll, has been pushed out. There's other coaches that are in the league or offensive coordinators, like Frank Wright, who was fired from uh, Carolina this year as the head coach. He was the head coach with Matt who's at Indianapolis. You know, they have a rapport, and he's also known as offense. Eric Bieniemy, who was uh, fired with Washington. He has a connection with Ryan Post from Kansas City. So, they're, they're, they're putting their fuelers out. And actually, from what we understood from the press conference yesterday, they've been getting a lot of calls from people wanting the job. Really? Any yeah. idea who? Some of the people I mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's they, interesting. You know, yeah, that's, it's, good. It's, a, it's a job to, to have because, you know, the things were not great this year, but you see the uptick on this team because they've won five of, of the last eight games.
0: Well, you you mentioned uh, the GM will be part of this decision making. How do you think that'll differ, whether than uh, rather than if it was just an Eberflus decision?
1: I think because he knows what direction the team's going to go as far as filling out the roster. More than Matt, Matt's going to know a lot, but Ryan's going to be making those decisions. And so, with that in hand, he will be able to process it. And also, he's got an offensive background. He was an offensive lineman, and so sometimes having that background will help you know, help Matt Eberflus get over the hump and find the right person. Mm-hmm.
0: So Eberflus, uh, the head coach, of course, is staying. What mm-hmm. do you make of that?
1: I wasn't surprised. Uh, as I mentioned, they did win uh, the second half of the season. Their yeah. defense had had elevated in a lot of categories, especially against the run. Uh, their secondary with some of the rookie players, and some of the younger players really, you know, improved. And when Ryan Poles dealt for, uh, Montez Sweat, that really helped that defense. And Matt who's called the plays because his, you know, defensive coordinator, you know, had to leave. Um, so he made positive strikes with that. It's just kind of interesting, Sasha, when you, you retain him, but you don't extend him. Mm-hmm. And that's what could be interesting when you look for offensive and defensive coordinators, because if you don't extend the head coach, where does that leave them in the future, the OC and the DC?
0: Now, here's a question that I know a lot of people are are thinking about. What is going to happen to QB Justin Fields? I mean, the, he's the beloved quarterback, especially with this number one draft pick.
1: It, it, that's one we really don't know. And, Sasha, when I was driving up to Hellas Hall yesterday, fans had put signs along the roadway saying, we want Justin, we want Justin. It was very interesting to see that you see the, the groundswell. The thing is, last year, they knew they were keeping Justin Fields, so they had that number one draft pick, and they they waved that around, and they got the deal that they wanted. This year, they're not waiting it around yet, and they're not going to, and they could wait until almost the draft day, but I don't think they'll wait that long. I think because they need to know what they want to uh, go after in the draft Mm -hmm. and where they spend their capital for for the money that they have. So I, I think the decision, I think they're leaning towards Justin, but... Really, you couldn't tell by that press conference for sure where they're going with that. Yeah, and, and it's a shame because if Justin does stay, it will be his third offensive coordinator in four years. Right.
0: Well, you know, I, I saw not too long after the game he left a, a sweet note on mm-hmm. on social media. It sounds like he wants to stay.
1: He loves it here. Yeah, he does. And and, and Sasha, when you go in that locker room, those players love Justin. No two ways about it, they love him. And when I asked DJ Moore, you know, after he had his, his meeting with uh, with the front office, I asked, "Do you do you think you'd be back? Do you want to be back?" And he says, "Absolutely, he wants him back as his quarterback."
0: Yeah. On a fun note, uh, I'm hearing the Bears are going to play a game in London next season. Is that right? Yeah,
1: yeah, they played there in tw- uh, 2019, and they're going back there again. And we don't know who their opponent is. or you know, This will be their fourth trip to London playing a game. And for those that don't remember, in 1986, that was their first time there. It was a preseason game. It was an exhibition game, actually. And William Perry was the big news mm-hmm. that time.
0: Wow. <laughs> All right, let's uh, turn to the Blackhawks now because uh, another big story here. Conor Bedard, who would have been the youngest all-star in NHL history, now he's going to miss the game after jaw surgery. That's gotta hurt. Mm. Yeah.
1: Your yeah, reaction? That that's tough. I was at a Bulls game and I was actually watching the game on my my computer and I saw the hit. It was a clean hit. It, you know, you know, speculate about that. And the way he held his jaw. It's a gut punch. It's a gut punch for the organization. It's a gut punch for the fans. It's a gut punch for the NHL because mm-hmm. they have really spotlighted this young man. And yesterday, Luke Richardson, the head coach, he has called, He had that when he was a player. He had a slap shot that hit his face and broke his jaw. And he was out five and a half weeks. And he's going to have to have it wired up. You know, the thing is that they, you know, the concerns you have is his mental issue with that. Also physically, because he's going to have to wire, you know, going to wire his jaw shut. So he, his intake of, of everything is going to be liquid. So that's a concern about a young man like that. And, his mom is in town, and so she'll be there to take care of him. But the team is really making an effort to make sure that they make things okay for him, giving him the nutrition he needs and, 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 and the and the warmth and support that he needs.
0: Yeah. So have we heard from him
1: directly? No, no. Uh, the only thing, you know, he's talked to some of the players' stuff, but no. I mean,
0: You can never only imagine had, how he's feeling.
1: Yeah, he's never had an injury like this, you know. So it's, it's, it's crushing for a young man when you're only 18 years old.
0: Wow. So, with uh, with Bedard gone, how do you expect the team to do?
1: It's interesting, Sasha, because during the weekend they had nine players on injured reserve. They're slowly getting some of them back. Uh, Taylor Radish came back. Joey Anderson came back. But it's going to be hard. This, you know, they, Kyle Davis and the general manager has been picking up players that were free agents. You know, and signing them, making small deals, trying to you know fill out the roster. But it's rough, and it's going to be rough. Hmm. I hear there's also
0: an update on Corey Perry. Remind us of the story there?
1: Yes. Uh, Earlier in this season, Corey Perry was terminated by the Blackhawks because of an incident of inappropriate, inappropriate activities. And the reason why it's important to note about Corey Perry was that he was brought in as a free agent to be one of the players to help a kind of a dire deal with his first season. It was a failure. He met with NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman yesterday, and there's talk that he can find uh, another team. He could sign with another team. So it's interesting that that the, the failure here, and he's still going to be able to have a career someplace else.
0: Yeah. I mean, what's next for the Bears and quarterback Justin Fields? How will the Blackhawks fare without Connor Bedard and a new pitcher for the Cubs? We're getting answers to those questions and much more from Cheryl this hour. Uh, let's turn to the Bulls now, Cheryl. The Ring of Honor ceremony, that's happening this Friday. What does it celebrate exactly? Well, tonight they're actually having the
1: gala, and I get to be at the red carpet, so I get to talk to the players. I could to be involved with it. 13 individuals are going in. And one of the teams, and some of the players we all know, like and Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, but there's Bob Love and Chet Walker and Phil Jackson and Johnny Redcur and, and uh, Jerry Krause. And the one team is the both 1995-96 team that won 72 games and their fourth championship. So it's going to be a really star-studded affair.
0: Mm-hmm. So what do you expect the energy to be like?
1: There's going to be a 25-minute ceremony during halftime tomorrow night and that's going to be exciting that i think the place was going to be so electric you know because you're going to be able to see you know the ones that can be there will be there and 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 they'll be celebrated uh you know the united center could be a very very you know exciting, exhilarating place to be, and it's going to be, I think the lid's going to be blowing off tomorrow night. Yeah,
0: And there are essays giving tributes to the to the players, right? With with heavy hitters in the room, right? We've got Barack Obama writing about Michael Jordan, uh, Magic Johnson writing about Scottie Pippen.
1: I think some of the ones that are interesting to me are actually the ones of some of the old-timers from the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. because, like, artist Gilmore... You know, you're talking about some of the fans now don't have never got to see him play. I got to see him. I actually got to cover him when he came back a second time. And Chet Walker, another player, and Jerry Sloan, the late Jerry Sloan. And they were written by their contemporaries. Bill Walton wrote about the artist Gilmore. Doug Collins wrote about Chet Walker and Greg Popovich about Jerry Sloan. And I, I really want fans if they, if they, that you could go online to see them. You, don't, you can go to the stadium. They're going to have, you know, they're going to be available. But you could go online and read them. And I think you get the essence, really the essence, of what these people were, what it was like to play against them, how difficult it was, how respectful that these men are towards their peers. It's really something to watch. and And, and I think... It helps people to understand the history of this team beyond the the years of Jordan and Pippen and, and Rodman and, and Horace Grant, that there was more players here that actually had an impact in the league.
0: Wow. Well, uh, I want to switch over to baseball and talk about the Cubs because we've got a, a breaking Cubs update. Shoda uh, Imanaga, he's uh, officially the pitcher, our new pitcher yeah, for the they team. Him.
1: Yeah, they him. Yeah, they signed him. He passed his physical... The, the the thing was that yesterday he had to have his uh, – everything had to be put in order yesterday because of, of the fact that he, it's called the posting deadline. When you come from Japan, you only have a certain time. So they got it done. Mm-hmm. He passed his physical. They gave him a four-year deal. Reports are that it's worth $53 million. And Ooh. if they pick up the last two options of his contract, it could be worth $80 million.
0: My goodness. So, they, just to be clear, they, the the Cubs and uh, Shota, they finalized the deal today, but they haven't officially disclosed the value. But so far, we we're thinking fifty three million.
1: Oh, we've I've, I've seen more than one report that it's fifty three nice. million.
0: <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So, talk more about him. How does he fit into the roster?
1: He's a left hand pitcher, which really, you know, when you have a Justin Steele, who's a lefty, so you get more balance in your rotation because he'll be there with Jameson Taillon and and Kyle Hendricks. So it's a nice balance there. He he's really pitched very well in Japan. Uh, his his ERA is is very is under three, well under three. He strikes out at least eight uh, batters a game, which you know, so he so he has these great numbers. And for those that were watching the World Baseball Classic, like I did, I know I.
0: <laughs> yes. Was my free time. We talked to Actually, you about that on the program too, didn't we?
1: <laughs> he was the pitcher that pitched against the United States in the World Baseball Classic for the final and won the championship. So, you know, he's got a rapport there that people will recognize. Sounds like some
0: exciting news for sure. Well, we've been talking with WBEZ sports contributor Cheryl Ray Stout getting. The update on all things Chicago sports, as usual. Thank you so much, Cheryl.
1: Thank you, Sasha.